This is the Coach's Wife Life Podcast, where Kristen Urgel, a longtime TV sports reporter and college football coach's wife, goes one-on-one with her fellow coaches' wives. We will uncover the stories of the strong women who are the backbone of college athletics and athletics of all levels. And now, Coach's Wife Life. What an honor it was to have Kathy Miles. I was able to interview her pretty soon after Coach Les Miles had been named head football coach for the Kansas Jayhawks. She said something that really stuck out to me about raising children. Something she said she tried to do with raising their four successful children was putting them in an environment that she wanted them to aspire to be. Take a listen. I'm completely honored to have one of the most well-respected wives in college football, Kathy Miles. Kathy, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, this is my pleasure. It sounds like a lot of fun. I'm glad the coaches' wives are having a podcast. It is. Now, your life has gotten increasingly busy the last few weeks. Oh, definitely. Um, my husband, Les, is back at it again, doing what he does best and what he loves most, and that's coaching. So, That's right. November the 19th, the entire nation's attention was directed to Lawrence, Kansas, as Kansas announced they had hired legendary national champion coach Les Miles. What was your reaction when you knew Kansas was going to happen? Well, we were really excited, excited for Les to get an opportunity again, um, as I said, to do what he loves the most. It was, has been an interesting couple of years. There was a, a lot of things that Les kind of, when he left coaching, wanted to pursue and, and thought that he would really enjoy in life. And, and he did several of those things, but ultimately a couple of years later, about when football started this fall, he really realized that, you know, no, the thing that I love and I'm trained to do and, and suits me the best is coaching young men. And as he would say, introducing young men to a great university and then seeing them through their four years and hopefully opportunities for NFL and, and getting a degree and, and being able to go on and have a successful life. So that's what he liked most. So we were thrilled about that and then the idea for him to get to work with Jeff Long the athletic director there who just took the job a couple months ago um, he really enjoys that idea too it feels like he's really in it with him and and that's good now college football fans for years have been just fascinated by your husband but I have to ask you when did you meet him and when did you know there was something pretty special about him well, I met Les when we were both assistant coaches at the University of Michigan. I was an assistant women's basketball, and he was assistant football coach. And we met basically just kind of happened into meeting each other in the parking lot going into our offices. And he started talking about basketball with me, and I thought that he knew I was a basketball coach, but he had just come from a Pistons-Celtics game, and he was going to talk basketball with whoever. <laughs> and But we met there, but I was supposed to actually meet him before regarding recruiting in the Chicago area because as a basketball staff, we started recruiting like football does, and that's territorially where they have there's certain areas that the coaches, the assistant coaches recruit. So I was going to do Chicago, and I was told to go meet Les Miles of the football staff because he would know a lot of the alums in the area and the different people that supported the University of Michigan in Chicago and kind of the high schools, the counselors, um, anybody that could be helpful. And so I ended up meeting him, and we ended up talking about recruiting and basketball at the same time. Wow. And so how long did you guys date? Oh, wow. We dated probably, we dated about four years before oh, we wow. got married. 
Yeah, a long time. Definitely. And then the children came along and uh, now grown up, Smacker, she's 24, Big 12 champion swimmer at the University of Texas, uh, former swimmer. And then Manny, he's quarterback at North Carolina, Ben, fullback at A&M, Macy, she's in high school playing softball. That's one of the most successful lineups I think I've heard coming out of one family. You know, knowing the hours of a coach, this is a tremendous reflection on you. Uh, what are a handful of things that come to mind that you think have been key in helping your children maximize their potential? Well, thank you. And, well, I, I just think that, yes, you know, I was the one that was able to be home and take them to all their practices and stuff, but he always felt the presence of Les very much and that he was always very interested in everything they did every night. It was, you know, tell me about the kids, you know, what's Manny doing at practice? What's Ben doing in school? What's Macy doing? And, you know, so forth. And just having the ability to, to be around and be there for them and get them, you know, we were blessed to be at, they were both at good, all of them have been at good schools here in Baton Rouge. And as you know, it, it takes a lot of people to raise kids and they've, They've been blessed to have good teachers, good coaches, good people around them. I think coaches, kids, I think it's really neat dynamics that they they have a lot of people in their lives. You know, I know mm-hmm. our kids, particularly our, our two boys, kind of grew up in the indoor facility there between Oklahoma State and LSU. And, you know, the many people that would touch their lives on a day-to-day basis, the, the girls would come up to the office, the secretaries, the the girls would help out around the building. Um, we'd end up having, you know, a tutor or something. They'd be able to come up to the building and get help with their schoolwork. So it takes a lot of people, you know, to raise kids nowadays and to, and to surround them with good positive influence is so important. Um, so I would say just around good people is the main thing. And then they're also seeing all the kids that are being successful student athletes, not just football, but the volleyball players, the track mm-hmm. runners, the swimmers, the soccer players. And, and I, I just feel fortunate that we had an opportunity to raise our kids in that environment, a college mm-hmm. environment. So they would inspire to academically go to college and even athletically that they just saw that as, well, that's what you do. They didn't know anything else, so they just kind of aspired to be good on their high school teams and hope that they were good enough to play and participate on college teams. I remember when we were in Stillwater and we'd drive through the campus and you'd see college girls and guys out with their backpacks on and everything, and Smacker was, oh, she must have been four or five years old, and she'd say, when I I want to be a college girl. And so I think the influence of living around a campus and the people that you surround yourself or surround your children with, that's most important. I wonder if it has helped you kind of understand the hours away that coach has to spend being in college coach yourself for many years with the recruiting and all that. Did it help you to kind of understand what perspective he's looking at things with? Oh, I think absolutely, absolutely. I think having been there, you realize it's not a nine-to-five job. You, They put their heart and soul into it, and and there's just so many people, you know, surrounding recruiting. It's the recruit, it's the mom, it's the dad, it's the, it's the aunt and uncle, it's 
it's the high school coaches, it's the high school gym teacher, it's, it's the high school math teacher, it's the counselor. There's so many people, so many facets of it that, um, yeah, it's, that's really important. Was it hard for you to leave that career and make that transition or is it something that just naturally fell for you? I know a lot of women kind of struggle with that with, hey, it's kind of hard to continue doing something, especially to the level you were doing. Um, yeah, to leave women's basketball, yeah, it was kind of hard, but it happened at the right time because after we got married, I was still coaching and then had Smacker, that's the nickname for our oldest daughter, Catherine, and then when we moved to Stillwater, got pregnant for Manny, and then by the time I had him, I coached a varsity high school basketball there for a couple of years. Then when we moved to Dallas, we had Ben. I, I left Stillwater pregnant with Ben. So wow. by then I had three. And the three, but then also the first one, Smacker was starting to get into a little bit of softball, soccer, basketball. So I started coaching her youth teams. And I always, I love coaching basketball. But one thing that I really enjoyed was the recruiting aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And with less being a football coach, it allowed me to still be involved with recruiting. So I kind of had the best of both worlds. I got to be home with my kids, help coach their, their teams when they were younger. And I also got to be involved with helping recruit for the teams that Les was part of. So that was really good. I enjoyed that. I always said, people ask me, well, do you miss women's basketball? And I said, I do, especially when I go into a game. You know, going to the arena at, at LSU, it's called the PMAC, and you see the college team play. But I also stayed so busy with our four kids and with Les's job being a head coach in the recruiting that that involved with that I didn't have enough time to really miss it. That's for sure, because you had so many, and they're so active. Uh, did you ever feel torn? Which one do I go see tonight? I mean, you had, I think, three playing D1 sports at the same time. Of course, fundraisers and and, and all of that. How did you handle all those responsibilities? The biggest thing that I remember is it used to bother me that I'd take one to practice and then I couldn't watch any of the practice. I'd drive over and pick this one up for baseball, drive back and get her from swimming. Right. So I'd say, wait a minute, like I'm driving, driving to get everybody where they need to be, but I'm not actually getting to see practices anymore. And I remember that kind of bothering me, but, but ultimately it wasn't about me necessarily seeing them practice. They were getting to practice. And like I say, with good teams, good coaches. And so I just had to distribute them, get them around where they <laughs> needed to go. And eventually, you know, I had a, a great babysitter that would help more of a driver than even a babysitter, but she was fabulous here when we lived in Texas, but we still here right now. And uh, that was very helpful. You have to have that when you get multiple kids playing multiple sports especially before they start to drive themselves now we met uh, I met you in 2009 uh, when Joshua coached underneath coach miles at LSU you were always so kind you always went the extra mile for your staff yeah, at the same time I look back at it now now that I have three children of my own I didn't have any kids at that time you were managing this with four school-aged children what would you tell a younger coach's wife about how to manage that load and then how to manage that in the spotlight? That's what I think differs from other people's careers. Well, in terms of the spotlight, I would just say I was really good at staying off of social media 
and those kind of things. I always read the newspaper. I watched the news at times when I'd have time, but I never really got involved with Facebook and social media, tweeting and all Twitter and all that stuff. And I think that kind of helps because some things go away and they're not real nice on those kind of things when things Mm -hmm. aren't going well. If you can stay away from that and stay away from like radio shows, radio talk shows, sports shows, because they have to have content. They have to have things to say. And a lot of times if things aren't going well, it's always not real nice. So if you can stay away from that when things aren't going well, that's a good thing. And as far as just juggling like the coaches' wives and the kids, I just so enjoyed the coaches' wives. I I always tell people I don't think I've ever met a coach's wife that I didn't like because Mm -hmm. I think there's a natural bond there. It was interesting when we had our first child, you kind of get in the the bond with mom. Like all of a sudden you bring a baby home and you're, you're in the mom group. It's like the whole world opens up to you. You're in the mom group. So now everybody that has a child, whether you're at a McDonald's playland or at a conference at school, wherever you are, you, you relate to mom. And then I think it's like one step further with the coaches wives. The majority of them have kids. The majority of them have moved around. They have sacrificed for their husband's career. And so I think there's, I just love coaches' wives. I just think we all relate very well. We're, like I say, most of us were moms and we're coaches' wives on top of that. And so I love the coaches' wives. That's nothing but fun for me. So whenever I could fit in like, like a dinner or luncheon to start the season, that was great. The Christmas party that we would host and the secretaries being part of that. I enjoyed that so much. And that usually, again, it kind of meshes because they're willing to have the kids around. If I ever had a luncheon for the wives, they were always welcome to bring young kids, babies. If they had them, they could bring them. So I enjoyed that. The camaraderie for sure. Now you've experienced the highest of highs being a coach's wife. I was actually there on the 50 yard line. Um, near you, I was working for Fox Sports in New Orleans when Coach Miles looked at that BCS National Championship trophy, you know, the low points, you know, the very same school, just easily forgetting the sacrifices and successes. How do you handle that pendulum swing that all of us coaches' wives handle at some point? But how do you be that steady voice to your husband and children? I just, I really kind of adopted the philosophy to whom much is given, much is expected. Hmm. and. With that, I would always be able to remind myself why people would get ugly at times if things didn't go well and look at the positive of what we were getting out of his career. And and so I think as a coach's wife, you just have to know that the highs are high and the lows are low. And when you win a game like what you're talking about, other than having, other than the day you get married and other than the day you bring your kids home from the hospital, it might be the greatest day of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, you, people don't get to duplicate that, but maybe have a steady nine to five job. And, and that is just the most unbelievable feeling in the world to be part of a national championship or a conference championship. And it's equally as thrilling in the sport if you're with a program 
that hasn't had success in whatever level that they're supposed to obtain. If it's just going to a bowl game, if it's, Mm -hmm. you know, knocking off their in-state rivalry for the first time in a long, whatever it is, the highs are high because you know what they put into it. And to have a group of people come together and accomplish something is just spectacular. And then when things don't go well, the lows are lower than a person that has a regular nine to five job. And Mm -hmm. so I think there's, people that are suited more for the steadiness of everyday life, just being a little more the same and not highs and not lows. And then I think there are people that are a little more suited for the highs and the lows. I think the reason I meshed well with less is because basketball coaching, again, is the same. You win a big game. You're, you're just, you can't sleep all night. You're as excited right. as you can be. You lose a game, your stomach's in knots. You don't think you'll eat for 48 hours. Mm-hmm. And and so I was used to that lifestyle. We have both of our boys want to go into coaching and we lost a bowl game one time. And Manny, our second son, our first son, second child said, you know what? I still want to coach no matter what I, mm-hmm. I would. I, I know that there's lows and like right now we don't feel good because we had just lost a bowl game, but he says, this is what I want to do with my life too. And so far he hasn't changed that. So that's what I would say about um, coaching. You have some favorite oh. memories of your kids uh, as a kind of a coaching kid moment that pops in your head? Probably seeing like the boys throwing footballs with with the guys out on the field. I remember Ben Miles um, putting his hand in the ground and racing Glenn Dorsey <laughs> when Ben was probably mm, five years old, maybe. Um, I remember Manny throwing the ball with the different quarterbacks and um, Macy Miles, our youngest, who's 15 now. Oh my gosh. She had more handshakes with players and and GAs around the building and stuff. That was always fun. We always did something with our coaches' wives where we would dress the kids up when they were young enough, when they were trick-or-treaters and all the staff would get together. All the kids are dressed up and then Les would call the team up and give the talk that he'd give at the end of the practice. And then the kids would run out there with bags of candy and give them to the players. You know, they'd get five or six pieces of candy to walk off the practice field and they got to see the kids and the kids thought it was the coolest thing to go give the candy to the players. So that's a great memory. Honestly, we could, if the kids were here, we'd reminisce through many of them. It's, you know, why you love the profession and why Les is going back into it. And and the kids growing up, that's why our boys want to coach and our oldest daughter's in media. And her goal is to be a sideline reporter for college football or, or maybe even the NFL someday. So she's involved in football too. So I guess I we're a football it. family. You for sure are. I know that you've talked about how busy you've stayed the last couple of years with Coach Miles. He's done a movie, an ESPN podcast. I listen to that Less Is More podcast. I've got to hear your daughter on there. I love it. Um, has it been rejuvenating in a way, though? Have you gotten to spend some more time, so maybe get to some of the other kids' events a little bit easier the last couple of years? Yeah, definitely. It was Les got out and was able to see more than he would have if he was coaching. And, excuse me, um, yeah, it was nice. It was nice to see him get an opportunity to do some things that if you're just kind of on the grind, you know, 
day in, day out, year in, year out. You don't really get that. So it was kind of nice. And then, you know, a blessing to get another opportunity for him in coaching as well. What excites you the most about getting back to that daily life of a coach's wife? Um, just like seeing him with the team. And I always loved hearing Les recruit too. I loved hearing him talk to recruits on the phone or in person on the visits. And um, I'm excited to see him with a list of recruits again, mm. probably as much as anything. Like I said, I enjoyed the recruiting aspect of it and I'm partial, but I felt like he was really darn good at that. So he's the best in the business for sure. Uh, all right. I have <laughs> fast five questions for you. Last five. You ready? Okay. So okay. who is the better three point shooter? You or coach? For sure, me. <laughs> <laughs> Love he it. was a wrestler in high school, so you know he says he played a little basketball here and there, but not really. He was a wrestler. <laughs> okay, favorite fast food place? Steak and Shake. Very good. Okay, last song you downloaded? I really don't download things because my daughter's the one that has all the music, so. I'm not really sure about that. I just listen to what she kind of takes the car over and I just listen to her songs. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Do you have a favorite TV show? Not, not so much, really. I really am an ESPN person when I watch it. I usually turn on sports. I'm really not much of a program watcher. And again, that's something that Les and I, we were saying, oh, like, we need to get some programs to watch and stuff. But we're just kind of antsy and on the move and with the kids. And of course, when the kids were growing up, I was lucky to, you know, drop in bed at 1030 or 11 and catch a little bit of the news. But I'm not, haven't so far gotten into a lot of TV. And then last question, if you could have dinner with anyone, who would that be? Wow. <laughs> uh, you know, I grew, being a basketball fan and growing up in Michigan, I always admired Magic Johnson. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I know it probably sounds a little crazy, but I'd like to have dinner with Magic Johnson. Absolutely. You know, I admired the way he handled a lot of different situations and he turned himself into quite a businessman and, had a great success and um, loved the way he played basketball when he was young and playing in the college at Michigan State and the pros. And, I, you know, there's a lot of them, I, I, you know, but he would be one. He would be. That sounds like a lot of fun. We are so excited about this opportunity at Kansas. I know you're anxious to get up there and eager to get a place and get connected and recruits. It's going to have a, it's going to be a great time for you all. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. And, and just, you know, I tell all the, the coaches' wives, enjoy every minute of it. There's, there's down times, but the good times will outweigh the times for sure. Thanks so much, Kathy. I appreciate it. Great to talk to you, Kristen. Make sure to subscribe to the Coach's Wife Live podcast. And for a replay of this episode or previous episodes, visit coacheswifelife.org and follow us on social media at Coach's Wife Life.